This podcast may include adult content. Bound Off is an independent nonprofit audio magazine committed to paying authors for their work. To join us in our mission of broadcasting great stories to a worldwide audience, visit boundoff.com donate. Welcome to Bound Off, a literary audio broadcast. In this edition, we have three stories. Slippage by Meg Pokris, Breakfast by John Bruce, and Crank Combination Radio Flashlight with Flare Capability by Shannon Anthony. Slippage, written and read by Meg Pokris. Listening time, 2 minutes, 13 seconds. Slippage. When we started to make love, Ty asked me to finally tell him the truth, if I had ever stolen anything. This is really important, he said. I did not know how to answer. I said I would think about it and let him know. I had a bad memory, which he worried about. I could not remember my first kiss, for example. Define stealing, I said. He idled his pelvis. We were already fucking and it was bothering me, his question. Not now, he whispered. Please. Stealing is slippage, he said, slipping out. You stole something just now, he said. Yes, but it's your fault, I said. I'm going to grab an orange soda. We can split it, he said. He waddled out of the bedroom, his butt looking so angular. His glute muscles were keen. He was the closest I had gotten to art. The cat was sitting on the dresser. She usually bolted when we had sex. Every now and then she stayed with a look of annoyance on her face, seemingly appalled by the way humans conducted themselves. She stole food, my food. I would walk into the kitchen and spy her trotting off with a chicken wing. Hey, I'm still tan, Ty said from the bathroom. He must have been staring at his reflection for ten minutes. There was no sound of flushing or movement, no rattling of bath products. I imagined him pruning his hair in the mirror. Suddenly, I remembered for the first time, a beige flowered sundress, something my family would never be able to afford. I wanted to be pretty like the other sunny-looking girls. I look a lot like my grandfather from the side, Ty said. When he came back, he seemed ready for more. He had forgotten to bring the orangina. Have you ever stolen? I asked. Hell no, he said, smiling, but not with his eyes. With his eyes, he was watching the cat. Meg Pokris writes flash fiction. Her collection, Damn Sure Right, from Press 53, will be out in February 2011. She writes, teaches, and animates in San Francisco. Breakfast. Written by John Bruce. Read by Mark Rushton. Listening time, 2 minutes, 16 seconds. Breakfast by John Bruce Bob was on the road. He flew into O'Hare on Sunday nights, rented a car, and drove a hundred miles out into the prairie to a motel near the customer's site. There was a Denny's between the motel and the customer, and Bob would stop there every morning for breakfast. The customer's data center was a bleak and unhappy place, and he figured at least a grand slam would cheer him up. One morning, a couple days into the assignment, he was in there, and nothing was working right. 
The please wait to be seated sign was up, and nobody was there to seat him. Nobody was there to get his order. Finally, somebody wandered out from the kitchen and got his order, but nobody else must have been back there, because nothing else happened. And the place was full. Everyone was sitting around with nothing to eat, putting up with it. Finally, Bob went looking for the manager, so he'd have some chance of getting to work on a full stomach in some kind of reasonable time. The customer liked it if Bob got in when they started work. He finally found the guy coming in from the dumpster and back. The manager was apologetic, and all of a sudden Bob got a glass of water and a cup of coffee. His breakfast magically appeared, and someone started watching the cash register. On the other hand, things didn't seem to change for anyone else. They were still all just sitting there at empty tables. They didn't, though, from the vibes that Bob picked up, seem entirely pleased that Bob had somehow done something. Maybe it was just that none of them expected much, and they didn't like to be reminded of it. Some guy in the middle of the restaurant stood up. He seemed prosperous, but otherwise he had the air of the guy in the Norman Rockwell freedom of speech painting, confident yet a little deferential. I'm just Joe Average, but I've got something really important to say. And he said it. He proclaimed in a loud voice, I just want to say that I think everyone here is doing an excellent job. An excellent job. And then he sat down, glancing around the room with a look of satisfaction on his face. But Bob had gotten his breakfast, and he ate it. The Norman Rockwell guy was still waiting for his food as Bob left. The End John Bruce's writing has appeared in numerous literary zines, and he's received a Pushcart nomination. He has degrees in English from Dartmouth College and USC, and lives in Los Angeles. Crank Combination Radio Flashlight with Flare Capability Written by Shannon Anthony Read by Dave Robinson Listening time, 10 minutes, 53 seconds Crank Combination Radio Flashlight with Flare Capability by Shannon Anthony And it wouldn't be a bad idea to lose some weight. No, don't be offended, ladies. Mira, you're fine. I'm just speaking generally. Anyway, I don't mean a lot of weight. Just aim for a little slack in your pants so you could layer two, three, even four pairs of underwear. Right, I know what you're thinking. Isn't that what pockets are for? But I think you'll find in the event of an actual big one that you want that space for things like meds, say, and money. Or if you're really thinking, extra socks. Because nothing will be more precious to you than, okay, potable H2O. But after that, a dry change of footwear. Sorry if it seems like I'm, okay, I am lecturing you, but I'm telling you it's for your own good. Uh Uh-oh, I know what those smiles mean. We can't believe we're spending Friday night listening to Mental Chester. Sure, you're pretty much at my mercy in the office when you've got tech issues, but how'd you let yourselves get talked into this? Seriously, maybe I do owe you an apologies, ladies and Steve. My invitations were non-bindingly verbal, but words like dinner and party may have been bandied about, so you'd be within your rights to expect something more ambitious in the way of hospitality than what's been coming out of my crockpot. All I can say is thank goodness for Mira. Because when she heard dessert was going to be whatever sherbet's in my freezer, she insisted on coming over early with the complete ingredients for pear and date upside down cake. Yes, on her bicycle. As I ask myself, each and every time Mira brings in something wonderful to share at work, what can we ever do to deserve this? What about your candy dish, Gail? Besides the fact that you put the hugs and kisses on your expense reports and get reimbursed for every send.
No, not quite the same level of generosity, is it? To have a candy dish, all you really need is the desk to put it on, and Mira doesn't even have that. Yet she's never seen being a floater as any reason not to give and give and give. And that's why we were so thrilled to see her win all those raffle prizes last week, weren't we? I'm not saying that after your name was drawn for the fourth or fifth time, Mira, that Lakshmi here didn't begin to get a little pouty about it. But we digress. Team, what we need to understand is that this is a floodplain we're living in. Kind of a harsh joke on us, huh? This isn't one of your glamour spot disaster areas. What we're looking at here is all of the flood and all of the plain, too. Well, I have to tell you, the contingency plan is just not going to cut it. Yes, Mira, the very same waste of all-purpose standard weight you've spent several recent hours of your life copy-collating for those who, with the exception of yours truly, aren't going to read a word of it. You people don't know what you're missing. In the event of an event, your personal well-being falls entirely outside the scope of this document. Oh, the higher-ups will indeed be very upset if an incident were to befall us, provided it befell enough of us to constitute an interruption. It's right there in black and white, people. Their worst-case scenario is not the idea of tragedy striking the workforce. It's the thought that tragedy won't simultaneously and to an equal or greater degree be striking the competition's workforce. So much for their plan. What are our plans? Just sit back and let the computer save our asses. You can't really believe that, Steve. Oh, I get it. I'm a computer nerd. You're making fun of me. Fair enough. It's because I work at the help desk that I know better than to count on technology or the people who misuse it. You want an example? You are an example, Steve. I mean, we all knew that car of yours had a habit of acting up on Monday mornings, and now we've learned it's even less reliable on an evening when plan B is that Lakshmi brings you and you bring beer. All right. Okay. Okay, all right. Your hopes for the weekend fall outside the scope of this symposium. So, has your first bouquet been delivered yet, Mira? I seem to recall a year's worth of flowers being one of the prizes. Nobody deserves it more than you do. The fact that the raffle was for such a great cause is merely the icing on a cake that, just like this delicious one, didn't actually need any. Relief for victims of the recent disaster, by the way, in case some of you were too selfish to have been well aware of that. Speaking of which, in the event of an event, we will each be contacted if and as soon as possible. Primarily, believe it or not, so that we can be instructed not to speak to the media. I suppose the only surprise is that I was surprised. It's a sick business insurance. Just imagine the public relations fallout if, in our customers' hours of need, they suspect we aren't ready, willing, and able to give them the runaround they've come to expect. And get this. Get this. In the event of an event, we are not unless specially directed, supposed to contact each other. And in the event that we are specially directed, we're expected to stick to the script. Yes, the script. Just a few impersonal words the company plans to put in our mouths. So no, how are you, Lakshmi? No. Can I do anything, Gail? No. You're right, Steve. This does totally suck. No. I'm scared, too. No. I'll be right there. But I suppose the only thing I should be shocked about is the fact that they felt it was necessary to put it in writing. Because it's our unwritten rule, isn't it? Don't call me, I won't call you. That's business as usual for us. But we've got to start looking out for each other. Sheesh. So can we quick duck the other way? What say we pretend you didn't mean that, Steve? Don't you understand? We need to know, all of us, that there's someone we can count on. We need to know there's someone who's counting on us. 
look at Steve. Look at yourself, Steve. You're new here. You hardly know your way around yet on a good day, and I don't imagine you've given many people much reason to care what happens to you on a bad day. Of course, there's Mira, with family in the region, but no motorized transportation. Lakshmi has transportation, but no family to speak of. Now, what certain individuals were speaking of after last week's drawing, as we will all recall, was Mira's, and of course, I quote, greediness, but the happy ending is that as soon as said individuals realized they were making it so difficult for Mira to focus on her job that she was accidentally canceling their travel reservations, deleting the reports, and shredding their presentations, they let the matter drop. See, it only takes everything going wrong to put it all into perspective and remind us what's really important. And what's important, Gail, is that that sandbake you're so pleased with yourself for living on is going to remember sooner or later it is, in fact, part of the river. Well... Look, we're all in this together. I mean, I'd like to think we're all in this together. So? Oh, it's okay. You can talk now. Come on. Come on. We're off to a good start tonight. Already getting to know each other a little better. Or at least, we're getting there. So tell me about yourselves. Go on. Don't be shy. It doesn't have to be really personal. In fact, it's just as well to begin with practical matters. For instance... Do any of you have any dependents or weapons, any pets besides Mira's Claude? Anyone? In the event of an event, these are the kinds of things that it really helps to know about ahead of time. Oh, I see. As long as Chester's doing the talking, why doesn't he get around to telling us something about himself? Fair enough. Well, it might interest you to know that I put Mira's name on every raffle ticket I bought, and I bought a lot of tickets. So the raffle fiasco was very much a man-made disaster. Which reminds me, one point I especially wanted to make is that you should lose the flip-flops. Because you will lose the flip-flops. Sturdy, double-knotted, lace-up shoes, that's the way to go. By all means, do pick up some flip-flops upon arrival in the land of having to use a communal shower, because that's a planner war waiting to happen. But before then, during the evacuation, bad idea. Now, far be it for me to attempt to put the FEMA in female... I won't presume to instruct you ladies when it comes to personal hygiene-type matters, but you will keep all that kind of thing in mind, won't you? Gail, you're not going? You too, Lakshmi? Steve? But we haven't even... No, listen. Hear me out here. Don't you see this get-together is just the beginning? We'll get more and more people together, and those people will bring more and more people together, and... Well, Steve, what... I'm asking is, why not? May the better question win. Look, think of it as insurance, except in a good way. Oh, I see. Well, bye then, I guess. Hey, don't be strangers. You'll stay for a while, Mira? I hope. Thanks. I hope I hope I haven't made things worse. I get carried away, I know. But I have to tell you, Mira... And if you can't return my feelings, well, they're yours to keep. But I have to tell you, Mira, you are why I own candles. You're the reason I store them with matches and tightly sealed plastic inside a coffee can. It's because of you I have a crank combination radio flashlight with flare capability. I have an aluminum canoe, Mira, and I know how to use it. And I want you to know that in the event of an event, I will come for you. Well, unless... Unless it just so happens we're already together? Oh no, don't worry about Claude. He'll be having the time of his nine lives. 
because a flood means fish, right? And dogs are not going to be a problem, believe me. They'll have a lot on their minds. I mean, just for starters, who in the hell are you supposed to tell when everyone's fallen down the well? So what do you want to do, Mira? You name it. Traffic should really be, forgive me, flowing. We should be able to go anywhere. We should be able to do anything. Want to speak to the media? Say the word. Helicopters will be hovering, eager to immortalize us in aerial photographs, all because hundreds, if not thousands, of fugitive lily pads from the Mildred and Chauncey Arcus Memorial Hothouse will have entwined us, and one can only suppose that they will have their reasons for this in a living valentine. And, okay, it might not all play out exactly that way, but the point I wish to make, Mira, is that I plan to be here for you come hell and high water, come gunfire and cable news crews and the stench of hemorrhaging petrochemicals. And and the moment our work here is done, once the kittens we've picked off tree limbs have been judiciously distributed, you and I are making for safe harbor. Before you know it, we'll find ourselves at a pet-friendly shelter where soap and water are showered upon us, and we and several hundred of our closest strangers are invited to sit down to some tender loving catering. We'll have a roof over our heads and donated pillows to tuck under them. And as we're drifting off, happy to be here, here to be happy, one of us will just be able to hear the other sigh, Mira, anytime. Shannon Anthony's fiction has appeared in recent issues of Blueprint Review and Enchanted Conversation, among other publications. She is currently working on a novel. More information can be found at shannonanthony.wordpress.com. Listener-supported Bound Off is made possible by grants from the Kern Family Endowed Fund and the President's Fund of the Greater Cedar Rapids Community Foundation. Further support comes from the Google Grants Program. Thanks for listening to this edition of Bound Off. Copyright Bound Off and the respective authors. All rights reserved. Visit our website at boundoff.com for information about our broadcasts and how to submit your stories.